Blog Talk Radio. Well, you got to be kidding me. The music is not going to do it again this week. Well, this is the Reverend John St. Germain. Hey, welcome to episode 81. Oh my gosh, these numbers are killing me. Of the Crystal Silence League Hour. And tonight we're going to continue our discussion of the mighty Major Arcana. And tonight we're going to pick up with the Wheel of Fortune. So, get you a cold drink. Oh my goodness, it's so hot in Tennessee. The humidity is just terrible. And come back, get you a crystal ball, clutch your crystals, and our music. There's a minute and a half delay on when I can actually control the music or not. Isn't that funny? It's very strange. It's the end of times, folks. It is just the end of times. That's all I can tell you. You know, uh, Wozniak, the co-founder of uh, Apple, thinks that we should all get off Facebook. He said, get off of it. The co-founder of Apple thinks we should get off Facebook. Because he says our privacy is more important than our ability to post videos of puppies and food and stuff. Maybe he's right. Maybe it is a titanic waste of time. And I think it's because everybody's on Facebook right now is why this minute and a half delay in my music. So if y'all got off Facebook, my music would start on time. That's that's my current conspiracy theory. Hey, tonight we're going to talk about crystals. We're going to talk about the Wheel of Fortune, which to me is one of the most interesting cards in the Major Arcana. It is rich with symbology, and yet many times in a reading, all we say is that your fortune is about to change. Oh, it is so rich with symbology. We're going to go into so much more than that, and we're going to read prayers. So first, why don't we talk about our crystal tonight? I I forgot what it was. Um, Oh, Aventurine. Okay. Aventurine. One of our um, crystals uh, um, deal with luck and abundance. Two crystals, uh, two, two, two for the price of one. Now, I picked this night because, of course, the Wheel of Fortune, right? And uh, the Wheel of Fortune reminds you of the roulette wheel and uh, gambling and stuff. And this is a question we're often asked if you work in the spiritual business, um, how can I get more money? How can I get more luck? And many people have been thrown on and their luck and their money has run out. And aventuring is a, uh, a very popular stone. 
a very popular crystal that people carry when they want to attract wealth. They use it in spell work. They use it in all sorts of attraction work. And um, most of what we teach in the Crystal Silence League and with manifestation is work uh, with crystals. And we suggest that you use green crystals to attract wealth. And aventuring is a very good one. So green aventuring. And green aventuring is a form of quartz. Um, it's considered one of the luckiest of the crystals. <clears throat> you can't attract wealth. You can attract luck with it. And gamblers love this. They'll carry it with them in a bag, and they'll rub it uh, before games a chance. And uh, people use it when they go in to ask for a raise. They'll use it uh, anytime they need extra money. And uh, carry it with you at all times. Um, there's a combination I recommend if you make a little stone bag, if you're trying to attract prosperity and luck in general, aventurine, citrine, and uh, black tourmaline. And this is a good combination. Um, that's really all there is to say about this. If you're trying to, you want to go out and gamble, um, make a little bag of aventurine, citrine, and black tourmaline. The black tourmaline is very handy to shield yourself from other people. There's a, a pernicious form of magic where people steal your luck and steal your blessings, and the black tourmaline will help protect you from that. You can make a infusion of uh, any of these. Uh, put your stones in a little stopper bottle, a bottle with a stopper, so water can't leak into it, and it immerse this in the bottle of water that you, or the container of water you want to infuse with its qualities and leave it in the sun or leave it in the moon, depends on how you work, for a period of time. And then remove it and add a few drops of brandy to keep the water from uh, growing mold. And um, then use the water as you like. You can drink it. You can apply it to your chakras. You can apply it to your spell work. You can sprinkle it in the area you want to treat. <laughs> you can you can hurl it at your enemies. Uh, however you like to use it. But that's green aventurine. Uh, a wonderful stone. It's also a protective stone. It's used in protection a lot, too. There's a lot of uses for it. Buy our books, Crystal Magic, by John St. Germain. It's a, it's a nice one. And Lithomancy, by John St. Germain. These are good books to have if you're going to work with crystals. That's a shameless plug and a shameless self-promotion as well. Well, we're going to talk tonight about a few things. Uh, why don't you go to www.crystalsilenceleague.org if you've never been there. My goodness, you should. And we have a gift shop there where you can buy crystals and you can buy books. And we have prayer fans, uh, our church fans, that we're, uh, we're kind of proud of. You can buy these and have them as souvenirs. On the back are listed many of our churches. They've been uh, a different artwork on the front for several years, I think five years. There's different uh, vintage artwork, religious artwork on the back listed uh, many of our churches uh, that are in the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches. Um, and we have uh, other gifts and crystals and books that you can purchase <clears throat> in our gift shop. And with any purchase of $12 or more, you get a free copy of Secrets of the Crystal Silence League by our founder, edited by um, uh, Deacon Millett and Miss Catherine Ironwood. 
chock full of interesting secrets of how to work with crystals. And we also have a prayer page where you can post prayers. And prayers are always free with the Crystal Silence League. And our deacons and our pastors and our members will pray for you. And every time you get a prayer, there's a button you click, and you get an email saying someone's prayed for you. And I'm going to pray for some of you right now. And if you listen to us, you can pray for us. And uh, I think when people uh, download the blog um, cast, which we have archived, by the way, all 180 episodes as you listen to this, 181 if you're listening to it in uh, uh, a podcast, are archived on our uh, Lucky Mojo forum, painstakingly archived (laughs) by me, and you can download those and listen to them. But let's start with prayer ID number 84569, who prays that the relationship with my kid's father will be filled with abundance and love. I pray that our relationship will go back to the way it was, or even better. I want it to be filled with forgiveness, loyalty, respect, and all the great qualities that contribute to a happy family. May we be drawn closer together than before. Let us be bound bound together with strings that cannot be broken in love and harmony. Amen. And this is prayer 84568, who prays, I misread letters from my tolls and inadvertently allowed fines to pile up on my Fast Track account. Please pray that Fast Track removes the fines and allows me to just pay for the tolls. May my car registration amount be amended to a reasonable amount. Amen. And prayer ID 84567. Saving my kidneys, better blood flow, no kidney stones, restore 100% healthy body, and closer communication with the Lord through prayers. Amen. And April uh, prayer ID 84566. He says, Heavenly Father, your word says you redeem our souls when we put our trust in you. I have faith in you to redeem my soul from negative emotions. May I never be controlled by depression, anger, anxiety, jealousy, hopelessness, fear, or suicidal thoughts. Take away these old emotional habits and make patient, kind, gentle, and self-controlled. Help me not to be pulled down with others when they struggle. Help me to be positive and loving to others and myself in the midst of adversity. Amen. What a wonderful prayer. Prayer ID 84564. My landlord wants me to move out so they can charge a higher rate for my apartment. I don't want to move. I pray that I keep my apartment until I'm ready to move out on my own terms. Once again, greed is overcoming compassion. Let's pray for this woman to be able to stay in her home. Amen. Prayer ID 84563. Thank you so much for continuing to pray for a miraculous healing upon my dad. Amen. And prayer ID 84562. Please pray that Elle and I will get back together I love her so much, and I miss her. 
so much. I've spent months trying to be a better person. We both have grown, and I really want us to have a second chance. This is the woman that I want to marry, and we were supposed to get engaged in France. Please pray for us to forgive and be filled with so much love like we once were and be faithful and loving and exclusive with one another. Please pray for the success of my spell work, too. Thank you. Prayer ID 84561. Please pray for me. I'm going into surgery. I had a fight with my girlfriend. I have no money to get home. Please just pray things get better for me. Like one good thing happens today. She also prays that the loans I've given out are repaid. It's beyond ridiculous. Amen. And prayer ID 84558. I pray that my windows and financial prosperity be open. And prayer ID 84557. My husband and I are retiring soon. My adult son and his girlfriend lives on her property and needs to move without any difficulty or issues as soon as possible. I need the ties between he and I severed as he uses me as an excuse to not be responsible for his choices and independence. I would like for him to move back to Hawaii and spend time with his family there. His girlfriend is physically abusive and needs to move out of way wherever with no issues. Amen. Prayer ID 84556. I pray that TB finds peace and forgiveness within himself. I pray he gets that business he wants up and running before 40 and forgiveness with M, bring back his happy, honest self, and be the calm, understanding man he was when we first met. Give him a calm tongue. Drug-free and be a better man, brother, son, father, figure, and provider. Amen. Well, let's have a moment of silent prayer and meditation for all those in need of such.
Amen. Well, welcome, 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 welcome. Um, we're going to talk about the Wheel of Fortune uh, today, one of the most interesting cards um, in the deck. And I I don't even know where to begin with Wheel of Fortune. Uh, well, I do, as a matter of fact. Why don't we go to the beginning? Um, in fact, why don't we go way back? We... We have to go back to 55 BC, I believe, um, to the first vague references to um, the Wheel of Fortune. And um, in ancient Rome, in plays, um, the uh, Oh my goodness! Um, when uh, for, when the wheel of fortune comes up in uh, Roman literature, um, the um, and uh, a um, tragedy written by Seneca called Agamemnon, there's a, um, a reference to uh, the Wheel of Fortune. And this is, as far as I know, one of the earliest references to the Wheel of Fortune, um, where um, uh, the Wheel of Fortune is mentioned. And um, uh, Ovid, also the, the Roman poet, mentions the Wheel of Fortune. I, as he says something like um, um, Fortuna is the goddess who uh, causes by her wheel her own fickleness. She um, keeps the wheel under her and steady foot and turns it. And uh, Fortuna was a uh, Roman goddess who was the daughter of Jupiter. And um, uh, often, often uh, seen with the uh, rudder of a boat. Um, or a ball that she rolls and turns or a cornucopia um, that she pours out on the world and she might bring good luck or bad luck depending on her capriciousness. Uh, sometimes she was uh, blindfolded because luck is blind which makes her look uh, a lot like uh, justice, right? Except that she didn't hold the balance and uh, in the uh, early days, she represented uh, life's capriciousness, the unpredictable nature of good and bad luck. Um, she was the goddesses of fate in the old days. days. Um, and uh, um, she could be very generous. She was also a goddess of harvest and grain. Her... Um, her date was June 24th, and she had a festival. It was called the Force Fortuna. And um, her name seems to have, um, be derived from uh, Bortumna, 
which means she who revolves the year. So what we see in the Wheel of Fortune is an early reference to the seasonal nature of the years. That's important to remember. Things come in time. We see that in the early days, there were temples dedicated to Fortuna. So for, Fortuna's identity seemed to be the personification of chance events. However, there was a uh, an indication that strength of character also, at least in the early literatures, the Roman plays the uh, uh, dedicated to Fortuna, uh, fate could be overcome by strength of character, and you could win Fortuna's favor through courage and strength of character. Um, uh, people who had a weak character seemed to invite ill fortune on themselves. So there was this idea that if you had weak character, uh, if you were a coward, if you were uh, uh, you know, a despicable human being, uh, Madam Fortune uh, rained down uh, bad luck on you. So um, uh, if you worked hard, if you were diligent, if you had strong character, brought good luck. If you were lazy, idle, uh, you lied, you were dishonest, you brought bad luck. So there was this idea almost of a uh, of karma, right? There were karma as it's understood in the West, not the Buddhist idea of karma, but as it's understood in the, work, in the West, what goes around comes around. So now – What's interesting is that there's some uh, indication, uh, some reference to a, an oracle at the Temple of Fortuna uh, in, uh, in uh, Praeneste that there was a, a form of divination in which a, a, a child would pick out um, these sticks that were made of oak, and on each stick was a fortune that <laughs> was written. Uh, a prediction, uh, sort of uh, like casting rods, right? So in a container, there would be various wooden rods carved from oak, and there'd be a different uh, prediction of the future, a different outcome of fortune on oak rods. Um, so there were many cults dedicated to Fortuna, and she had many forms. Um, so there were... Um, there are dedications found to uh, dubious fortune, fortuna dubia, uh, fortuna bravis, which was uh, uh, a fickle fortune, and uh, fortuna mala, which is bad fortune. So um, there's uh, many connections with her. Uh, apparently, there was a connection in Pompeii that linked fortuna to the Egyptian goddess Isis. Um, there's the god uh, Bonus Aventus, she's uh, functionally related to, um, and um, the Roman uh, Senate in 488 BC dedicated a temple to Fortuna uh, uh, and dedicated it to the women of Rome. You also find evidence of Fortuna. Uh, uh, cults as far as Scotland. 
So we see this idea of a, a goddess of fortune uh, quite far spread, and the wheel of fortune turns up um, everywhere. Now, Fortuna does not disappear with the advent of Christianity and civilization. Um, um, the uh, church fathers railed against her, uh, uh, obviously, did not make her go away. Um, the uh, uh, Some early Christian writing referred to uh, the Wheel of Fortune as a metaphor, but there it is. So all through the Middle Ages, we find this image of the Wheel of Fortune. Um, the wheel appears in many forms um, as a symbol in manuscripts. Uh, in cathedrals, you'll find uh, stained glass windows with Wheel of Fortune in it. Lady Fortune is usually represented um, uh, bigger than life with small people uh, uh, running around at her feet. Um, usually the wheel is divided into four sections, um, the seasons or stages of life. Um, and in some of these medieval representations, there are uh, four sections that are labeled um, uh, regnabo, I shall reign. On the top, regno, I reign. Uh, regnavi, I have reigned. Some sine regno, I have no kingdom. The four stages of life. Um, sometimes fortunate will have two faces. One face smiling and the other frowning. Sometimes half the face will be white, the other black. Sometimes she'll be blindfolded. Um, she'll have a cornucopia sometimes, sometimes holding a ball, which she is turning, and sometimes the wheel. And the symbol is that luck never lasts. Whether it's good or bad, all things change. This too will pass. So we find uh, that she has um, – um, she turns up as a character in uh, medieval literature, um, and uh, uh, in Dante's Inferno, she uh, turns up uh, as a, uh, a kind of dual figure. In uh, Dante's Inferno, uh, uh, Fortune is both the devil and an angel, kind of a uh, – uh, I want to say hermaphroditic figure, but that's not quite right. It's she's an ambiguous figure, both the devil and an angel, uh, who serves God in both um, ways. In the in the uh, um, Boccaccio wrote a book called The Fortunes of Famous Men. Um, talks about how the turn of fortune's wheel brought the mighty down to disaster. Um, you find you find it everywhere. I'm just going. I, I can go through. I got all kinds of notes and stuff. Uh, Machiavelli's The Prince uh, starts to take a different view of this. Um, this is where we start to get pragmatism in. Uh, if you know about, if you ever read The Prince, it's it's totally pragmatic. But he says, uh, Madame Fortune only rules half of one's life. We start to. He says the other half is is free will. And um, but he does say that. Machiavelli reminds you that uh, Madame Fortune is a woman, and she favors a strong, ambitious hand. That she favors aggressive and bold young men. 
rather than timid old men. We see some of the old uh, 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 macho, uh, Machiavelli macho um, stuff coming through. Um, and uh, Shakespeare references uh, Madame Fortuna. So we find this. Now, does uh, Fortuna appear in divination? Oh, yeah, in astrology. Uh, there's a uh, there's uh, mathematical uh, sectors uh, that are defined by the sun, moon, and the ascendant uh, that are quite depending on the school of astrology, quite uh, going anywhere from six to ninety-seven uh, locations. And I'm I'm not going to go into that. So this is what we know about Madame Fortune and the Wheel of Fortune. It's quite intricate. So what do we know now about the tarot card? Well, that's just the beginning. Let's come back after station identification. We'll dive into the card itself. LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootless Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Condraman Ollie. Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain. Tuesdays, 5 to 6. Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse. Fridays, 4 to 5. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay. Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific. Add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And we're back. Since we're looking at the Rider Weight deck for reasons of my own, let's look at the card itself. We we have the wheel in the middle. Up in the air, by the way, surrounded by four angels from Ezekiel. So is this the wheel within the wheel, way up in the middle of the air? Yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. Uh, we have too many references to Ezekiel to say otherwise. The four angels. We'll get. Oh, we're going to get to that. Oh, yeah, but we also have Egyptian deities here, don't we? Because uh, um, that is certainly Anubis over there on the right going up. And... Um, the uh, Egyptian god of death on the right in its snake form, um, that would be the um, um, the uh, um, Typhon, Typhon, uh, the Egyptian god of evil. The Egyptian god of evil on the left, um, and Anubis, the Egyptian god of death on the right. Then we have the the four angels from Ezekiel. In the four corners, and uh, they're also those four creatures also represent the fixed signs of the zodiac. The angel is Aquarius, the eagle is Scorpio, the lion is Leo, and the bull is Taurus. And um, each one of them is holding a book, which, according to uh, experts and and uh, Arthur Edward Wade himself, is the Torah. And speaking of Torah. If we read that wheel counterclockwise, we get T-O-R-A. If we read it counterclockwise, we get T-A-R-O. 
if we read it from the bottom clockwise, R-O-T-A, rota, which means read, and counterclockwise, A-R, Ator, or Hathor, the Egyptian goddess. So as it has been suggested, this forms a sentence. And um, that sentence is, read the tarot for the wisdom of Ator. You read the tarot to find the wisdom of the Egyptian goddess Ator or Hathor. Some say that's stretching. Um, I'm, why else is it there? As you turn the wheel, you find the wisdom of Ator. Or do you find it in that card? Does this card give us the wisdom of Ator? The wheel of tarot speaks the law of Ator. Now, Ator became best known in Egypt as a goddess of the dead. So, is this does this card give us a key to eternal life or a key, a window to the afterlife? As we know, the Egyptians believed, and as many of us believe, the body passes, but the soul endures. Is this wheel, the symbol of the wheel, contemplating of the symbol, a key to the afterlife? Maybe, because the the Hebrew letters are J H V H the unspeakable name of God, the unpronounceable name of God Yahweh the unspeakable name of God interspersed with Ator we have the Egyptian goddess of the afterlife, and the living Hebrew god, Yahweh, intertwined on the wheel of fortune. We also have on the symbols, the um, alchemical symbols, earth, air, wind, and fire, which of course is also representative of the, um, the four suits of the tarot. Correct? All of this on this wheel, on, engraved on this wheel. So we're, yeah, and, you know, compacted on this um, 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 wheel quite a bit, correct? Because we have, um, you know, fire is wands, right? Water is cups, air is swords, and um, um, earth is pentacles. All the alchemical elements and corresponding to the suits of uh, the minor arcana. So now we also have the minor arcana symbolized in the Wheel of Fortune. So we have the elements of the signs signify the physical world, which, of course, is going to be ruled by fortune, right? Yad-Heh-Vah-Heh. Yad-Heh-Vah-Heh. The secret name of God, the unpronounceable name of God. What's the connection of all this? What is the connection of all this? Well, I'm, I know in the Kabbalah, the meditation upon these symbols, the sacred name of God, leads to a gnosis of sorts. Of, uh, and um, it's very sacred. 
And the Hebrew number values of the letters of T-A-R-O add up to 691. And if you add that up, it adds to 26, which is the number of the four-letter name of God called the Tetragrammanon. Uh, and all those digits add up to 22, which is the number of letters in the Hebrew alphabet and of the trumps in the major arcana. This is a fellow uh, – the numerology that a fellow – um, 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 worked out who was a member of the Golden Dawn. It may be reaching, but you know there it is. Um, so, the four symbols on the spokes are alchemical symbols for mercury, sulfur, water, and salt, and they refer um, to the alchemical goal of transformation. Water is the symbol for uh, dissolution or dissolving, right? Um, so we, we, we dissolve the ego to release the true self. And um, oh gosh, do we go? Do we want to go into the process of uh, 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 Rebudo, uh, uh, Albedo, Negredo? Uh, I, I don't. We, we might. We might. Um, so anyway, we have the death and rebirth symbolizing these creatures that are scattered around the wheel. The snake represents uh, the Egyptian god of evil, uh, Typhon or Set. Now, in uh, the um, pictorial god to the tarot, uh, Arthur Edgar Waite calls him uh, 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 Typhon. He was also known as Set. Uh, he was he was the one who brought death into the universe. Uh, he's the one who killed Osiris, uh, and who, who's the god of life. He is the antithesis to life. Now, Anubis is uh, the god of death, but he's the one who weighs your soul in the afterlife. He's the uh, god of the underworld. Um, now, Set is kind of an anti-hero. He was once a hero, uh, and the snake was sacred to the goddess who would have received the sacrifice, but he follows the wheel down. He's a descent from hero to villain. And uh, so the jackal-headed man going up is Anubis. He's the guide to the dead soul. He takes the dead soul into the uh, afterlife. So he's the giver of new life. We Sometimes Anubis is seen as a villain in movies and stuff, but he's really – he takes you into the afterlife. He does weigh your heart you know, against a feather. And see if you're going to go to heaven or hell, I think. Um, but, you know, that's got to be done. That's a difficult job. Someone's got to do it. Um, so psychologically, what we see here is a symbol, the death of the ego. We're looking at the very symbols of what happens. We have the death of the physical body represented by uh, Typhon or Typhon or Set, and then the resurrection of the soul into the afterlife. By Anubis. Now, the it's interesting that this is beyond the chariot, isn't it? Of, you know, the chariot is the uh, uh, you know wh which direction you're going to go. So now we, we're going into a much deeper symbol. This is the symbol of gnosis, of transformation, of uh, um, of uh, meditation upon the mortality, uh, the mysteries of life. Um, 
Now, if we look at though at the uh, oh we're gonna oh man you wait until you see this this is so good um um so uh, Wade knew what he was doing Pamela Coleman Smith knew what they were doing they were not unaware of the previous history of the Wheel of Fortune um so we're also number ten um which suggests zero we're returning to a cycle right um but this has uh, is it similar to Trump Zero the Fool? We're at the midpoint, you understand. This is the turning point of the entire major arcana. This is the turning point. This is the midpoint. Everything pivots around the Wheel of Fortune. Um, the Wheel of Fortune, um, it doesn't really bear uh, uh, a true symbol here because this is the turning point. And um, to really experience this um, card requires that you stand still and let things happen. Now, the angels of Ezekiel, we have to go back and look at that. The um, God, like I said, this is I, I don't even know where to begin with this card. Um, um, Okay, the angels of Ezekiel. Let's let's first of all let's read that. Let's, here's you know Ezekiel was the one who saw the wheel. Um, here's the verse. It's Ezekiel one four, and I looked and behold a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself, and a brightness was about it, and out of the midst thereof as a color of amber out of the midst of the fire. Also out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. And every one had four faces, and every one had four wings, and their feet were straight feet, and the soles of their feet was like the sole of a calf's foot, and they sparkled like the color of burnished brass, and they had the hands of a man under their wings on their four sides, and they four had their faces and their wings. Their wings were joined one to another. They turned not when they went, they went one straight forward. And as for the likeness of their faces... They four had the face of a man and the face of a lion on the right side, and they four had the face of an ox on the left side. They four also had the face of an eagle. Thus were their faces, and their wings were stretched upward. Two wings of every one were joined one to the other, and two covered their bodies. And they went one, every one straight forward, whither the spirit was to go, they went, and they turned not when they went. Now, so what we understand this to mean is that each one of these angels had four faces, one forward, one backward, one left, one right. So what we're seeing in this is um, each aspect, uh, you know, each one of these four angels. There's a human, um, uh, a lion, an eagle, and a bull. And if you try to find out what these represent, Whole books have been written about it. Some say these are aspects. The human is intellect. The eagle is uh, uh, courage. The bull is strength. The lion is uh, the strength. The king, kingdom of God. Some say they're nations. Uh, The human is USA. The uh, uh, bull is China. The bull is 
the eagle is Russia, the bull is China. Uh, it, it, there's so many interpretations, and um, so what do we, you know, good God, I, you know, where do you even begin? The wheel within the wheel is the wheel of fortune itself. So we have all these images from um, Ezekiel, and um, what we know is that these are the presence of God's messengers, though. And what we know about angels is that when they appear, um, you better show them hospitality or you'll end up like Sodom and Gomorrah. That was the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah, you know. Jesus named it. They were they were inhospitable. That was the, it wasn't homosexuality like these knotheads think. It was named. Jesus named it. The sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was inhospitality. They did not welcome strangers. Sound familiar? That was the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. So, um, these powerful and mysterious symbols um, can be interpreted as many things, but I, I see them as the fixed signs of the zodiac. That's pretty clear. The qualities of those zodiac signs, sometimes they can be seen as timing. If your cards in those corners uh, represent situations, these can uh, indicate timing or qualities or people. And um, if you, you know, look at where the wheel is turning, you see, and uh, this can be very, very useful. Seasons of the year. Remember, Fortuna was a goddess of the seasons of the year. One possible interpretation. But what does uh, Arthur Waite himself say about it? Um, we can see what the man himself says, right? Um, and I happen to have that right here, as you knew I would. Um, and in fact, Arthur Waite said, in this symbol, I have again followed the reconstruction of Eliaphas Levi, who was an alchemist, right? Um, uh, he says, the symbolism, of course, not exclusively uh, – uh, oh, damn, I lost it uh, – not exclusively Egyptian, as the four living creatures of Ezekiel occupy the angles of the card – and the wheel itself follows other indications of levy in respect of Ezekiel's vision as illustrative of the particular tarot key. With the French occultist and in the design itself, the symbolic picture stands for the perpetual motion of a fluidic universe and for the flux of human life. The Sphinx is the equilibrium therein. The transliteration of Taro as Rhoda is inscribed on the wheel counter-exchange with the letters of the divine name to show that providence is implied through all. But this is the divine intention within, and the simple intention without is exemplified by the four living creatures. So what he wanted to imply with this was the interjection of divine providence with fate. Behind the general notion expressed in the symbol, there lies the denial of chance and the fatality which is implied therein. So the interpretation of this card is saying that your fortune is about to change, that karma, that fate, that this is something that will change on its own, that's out of the control, is utterly negated by weight's 
reinterpretation of the card by Pamela Coleman Smith artwork of the card. And if you're reading with the Rider Weight deck or any variation of it with these powerful magical symbols integrated with the goddess Ethor, with Set, with Anubis, with the angels of Ezekiel, with God's holy name in it, you cannot read this card as saying it's up to chance. Because many people ask a question and ask it of me. Is, is is it fate or free will? And this card says, yes. This card answers that question, yes. There is fate, yes. It's seen here. Look at Anubis with his back. He's stopping the wheel from turning. He is pushing against that wheel and not letting it turn. He's stopping chance itself. He's stopping fate. These angels keep everything in equilibrium. Yeah, there's chance. Yeah, there's fate. But we have a divine intervention. How many times is holy inter- intervention referenced here? Count it. This says you can appeal to higher powers. You can use magic. You, the human being, can call upon and alchemy is referenced here. The transfiguration of the human clay into divine power through transformation, transfiguration, transmogrification. You don't have to accept your fate. Wow. But there's more. Oh, yes, there's more. As we look at the Tarot of Marseille, we see the, the previous incarnation, which which Waite and Pamela Coleman Smith was not unaware. We see the king being toppled from the throne, which brings us to King Arthur. Because like certain other trump cards, like death, for instance, the Wheel of Fortune derives from a medieval concept. And even an ancient Back to 55 BC, the idea that pride leads to downfall, whom the gods would destroy, they first make proud. An ancient saying. So, and the church in medieval times, back back to the early days, considered pride the greatest of sins. Just read Divine Comedy. For in pride you set yourself above God himself. So one lesson against pride was the idea of king falling from power. So many plays from ancient Greece, ancient Rome. Look, Oedipus the king was written um, around 50, no, before, no, uh, 500 BC, Oedipus the king. So in many versions of the King Arthur legend, the king dreams a vision of him right before he was killed by by Modred, right? The, the, the battle where he's killed by Modred, uh, a vision of a rich and powerful king seated on top of a wheel. This is very famous. Uh, all of a sudden, the goddess Fortuna appears, turns the wheel, and the king gets crushed, his bones broken at the bottom of the wheel. And if you look at the Tarot of Marseille, this is exactly what you see. 
a winged goddess turning the wheel of fortune and the king being toppled from the wheel of fortune. The divine power toppling the king. He can do nothing about it. And if you look at uh, the Oswald Worth version, um, this is a very uh, – um, the Oswald Worth version does show this um, uh, quite clearly. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, it's a very um, dismal kind of tale. It means you know you rise to power, you better give praise. You know, give praise where praise is due, right? Uh, so Arthur realizes that no matter how much power he's, you know, he's king. He's got Excalibur. He's uh, 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 he's done some things he shouldn't have done. Uh, if you know the story of Arthur, um, no matter how much power he has, fate always rests in the, the higher power, God. Uh, in the earlier cards, the Visconti cards um, uh, definitely shows this. If you ever see the earlier cards, the Visconti cards, which the uh, Tarot of Marseille was definitely based on. Now, so we we see this maybe. So is this not – is this removed from the Rider Waite cards? Uh, not necessarily, uh, no. Um, um, For, Fortuna and her, and her wheel uh, do have this very curious history, remember? Um, the medieval image derives from a much earlier time when Fortuna represented the great goddess. This was the era of the goddess, Hathor, Isis, uh, and the crushed king was a real event. Because in uh, early days at midwinter, the, the priestess sacrificed the king in many cultures. So by imitating the death of the year, they humbled themselves to the goddess's power. And by choosing a new king every year, they subtly suggested to her that she might once more create spring out of winter, which was not automatically assumed to happen on its own. In the early, you know, we assume gravity and the sun going uh, around the Milky Way and the Earth going around the sun and all this stuff. That was not assumed. It had to, it, there was a, had to be a proximate cause, and that proximate cause was sacrificing the king to the goddess every year. So the wheel originally symbolized both the mystery of nature and the human ability to take part in that mystery with a ritual sacrifice. So the wheel of fortune comes from that legend that the king had to be brought down, and the wheel turned. Notice that this card comes directly below the empress. If you do, if you set this around in a in a cyclic pattern, so the wheel lost its original meaning by the Middle Ages, but the legend was still there. But it didn't mean it. It lost its power to suggest that life had a cyclic. Um. Uh, nature. So if you read uh, Le Mort d'Arthur, which was Thomas Mallory's uh, compilation of Arthur legend, an attempt to bring them all together and make a narrative out of it, we find the suggestion that the wheel does uh, symbolize the random turnings and twists of luck. So why do some people get rich and others poor? Why, 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 do, why do powerful emperors fall? And how does a, a formerly weak person, you know, Arthur was a peasant, 
remember? He was like an illegitimate son of uh, Uther Pendragon and Queen Igraine. Um, how does a formerly weak person rise to power? Um, who controls luck, the, the turning of the wheel? Who controls it? Um, so Mallory and uh, L'Amour d'Arthur suggest that luck, which, seem, which seemingly is meaningless, um, is in reality fate. It's the destiny that God has preordained for each of us, and we just ride the wheel. Um, and because we can't understand these reasons, we say the events of people's lives arise out of luck, but it's all part of God's plan. Is it free will or destiny? Yes. So with this wheel, we come to this great question of how and why anything happens at all, anywhere in the universe. What makes the sun shine? Yeah, there's burning elements. You know, there's hydrogen and uh, fusion and stuff. But what makes them burn? How did um, atomic energy come into existence? Why should spring follow winter? Why does summer follow spring? How does gravity work? We still don't know that. Um, we find that fate itself, how does, how does that work? Uh, is it an illusion? Does it, is this just something we've uh, created like time? You know, time is uh, something we came up with. It's a concept, right? Uh, is this, are these just concepts we've come up with that because we cannot really see the interconnection between cause and effect? We really cannot. Uh, so we just say, well, you know, it's fate. How do, how do, of all the people in the world, how do two people find each other, fall in love, and build a life together? It's fate. It's a meaningless statement. We can understand these interconnections of these processes. Things do not just happen. We cannot say that things just happen. You know, the, you know the question, the basic question of philosophy, why are things the way they are and not some other way? That fuels all areas of human endeavor, all science, all philosophy, all inquiry. Why are things the way they are and not some other way? So the power to shape events, to give life and form and purpose to the entire universe. According to Thomas Mallory and Lamar Arthur, belongs to the Holy Ghost. Belonging in the physical world as a presence within the Holy Grail, which is represented in the uh, Rider Waite deck as the Ace of Cups, in the same way that the Shekinah, physically dwelt within the sanctuary, the temple of Jerusalem that we see in the high priestess. So the random events of life and the so-called laws of the physical universe lead us to an awareness of spirit drawn down by the upraised arms of the magician and manifested by the empress and controlled by the turn of the wheel. That's a lot to put in one card. We'll come back next week with more of the mysteries of the tarot. That's a lot to, a lot to put in one card. I, that's why I think this is one of the most interesting cards of the deck, the spinning of the wheel. You know, you know, the Reverend loves you. We'll try to come back next week. You never know with a, <laughs> you never know with a show. Um, it's the turn of the wheel of fate. Will we have a show next week? Will we not? We don't know. We'll spin the wheel and find out. Come back and see. Bye-bye.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.